0: we turn in our Bible to Matthew 21. We're continuing with the hard sayings of Jesus series this morning. Matthew 21, if you would stand for the reading of the Word of God, this is our practice. Starting at verse 21. You have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not kill and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you, that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, Thou fool shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there remember that thy brother has ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way first be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift amen i'm entitled my thoughts this morning dealing with anger god's way let us pray lord we thank you for this wonderful day We thank you for your grace, your mercy. We ask you, O God, that you have your way in the rest of this service. Lord, anoint my lips of clay, bring revelation to your people. Let your spirit move, O God, this morning. We take authority over every spirit, O Lord, that would come to distract, to confuse, O God. We pray, Lord God, that you will have your way for the rest of this service. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. While Jesus was on earth, he constantly reinforced to the people that he had not come to do away with the law that they so highly regarded or destroy it, but rather to fulfill it. The initial Ten Commandments given to Moses by the Lord on Mount Sinai were laws for the Israelites to live by. Those laws were still part of the Jewish society when Jesus was on earth. When Jesus taught the people, he introduced principles that took the law one step further than what they were used to. He not only taught, but he demonstrated love in obeying God. In Matthew 5, Jesus refers to the law five times, starting with the statement, you have heard of old. But then teaches the people what true obedience to God encompasses, beyond just obeying the thou shalt and thou shalt nots. Obeying the law was required. That was the bare minimum that the people had to do or expected to do to keep them in right standing with God. However, what Jesus taught required the people to look inwards, look at their heart, and question their motives and reasons for their behavior rather than fulfilling a number of do's and don'ts. Jesus highlighted that God was concerned with what was going on in the heart of man. Anger is an emotion that resides within every human, including Christians. In fact, I'm sure that there are some people sitting here in the congregation this morning that are angry. (laughs) You could have got angry just driving here this morning and someone cut you off on the road. Or your spouse took too long to get ready. Everyone keep their eyes on me. (laughs) Or you stubbed your toe. You know, you can always tell when someone's angry. You know, you ask them a question, they give you a one-word answer. What's wrong? Nothing. You're angry. Here is a story that I, a short story that I found. A man is being tailgated by a woman who is in a hurry. He comes to an intersection, and when the light turns yellow, he hits the brakes. The woman behind him goes ballistic. She honks her horn at him. She yells her frustration in no uncertain terms. She rants and gestures. While she is in mid-rant, someone taps on her window. She looks up and sees a policeman. He invites her out of the car and takes her to the station where she is searched and fingerprinted and put in a cell. After a couple of hours, she is released and the arresting officer gives her her personal effects, saying, I'm very sorry for the mistake, ma'am. I pulled up behind your car while you were blowing your horn, using bad gestures and bad language. I noticed the What Would Jesus Do bumper sticker, the Choose Life license plate holder, the Follow Me to Sunday School window sign, the Christian Fish emblem on your trunk, and I naturally assumed you had stolen the car. (laughs) Thankfully... These types of angers are usually short-lived and we move on. But sadly, there are other times moving on from the anger we feel is difficult and the anger becomes all-consuming in our lives. In the hard saying of Jesus that we read about this morning, Jesus equated the judgment meted out for being angry with someone to the same judgment meted out as murdering someone. We understand that the consequences in the physical realm of being angry with someone and killing someone are vastly different. In our society, being angry with someone will not land you in jail. Killing someone will. As Pastor has explained over the past few weeks, many times Jesus spoke in hyperboles. That is, Jesus emphasised the actions of thinking something was like if you literally did it in the physical realm. He ministered last week a powerful message about radical discipleship. And if you haven't heard that, I encourage you to go back and listen to that. But he spoke about gouging out your eye or cutting off your, your foot or your hand. But Jesus was teaching the people a kingdom principle. And that is what he is doing in this, our reading this morning. So why is it important to minister about this hard saying of Jesus? In James 1.14, it says, Temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. When we are angry, it it is a temptation. It is what can lead us into sin. It is important to look at this hard saying because unchecked anger or unresolved anger can give birth to sin in our lives and ultimately spiritual death. I want us to look at this hard saying of Jesus about anger in three different settings. Firstly, anger towards God. There are times in our lives when we may not even realise that we are angry with God, but our behaviour demonstrates that we actually are. Tragedy, trauma, sickness and unanswered prayers are some of the things that can lead to anger towards God. And we find that we use the word why, why God, Why are you letting this happen? We question why God has allowed it to happen or why God doesn't just make it go away or fix it. Having anger towards God creates a wall between him and us. And the longer the anger is not dealt with, the more distant from him we will grow. When we are angry at God, it may be like what Jesus said in Matthew 15 and Brother Greg ministered some on this morning earlier in the earlier service, that we draw near to God with our lips, but our heart is far from Him. What does it mean to be far from Him? We may still come to church, still pay our tithes, still clap our hands, but where is our heart? Are we inwardly angry with God for not answering our prayers? When we are angry with someone, it usually means that we withdraw from them. And when we are angry with God, we do the same. We forego our daily prayer time or reading of his word. And ultimately, we end up walking in the flesh rather than in the spirit. Anger can lead us into disobedience. Jonah was angry at God for repenting and not destroying the Ninevites. He disobeyed God's directive to him and because of this, Because of his disobedience, he ended up in the belly of a great fish. Moses was angry at the Israelites because of their complaining against the Lord and he struck the rock instead of speaking to it. Because of his disobedience and his anger, he ended up also not being able to cross into the promised land. Anger has the capability of clouding our judgment and causing us to lose our focus because our mind is so consumed about what we are angry about. Everything we experience is filtered through that veil of anger. In John 16, Jesus explains to his disciples that life is not easy and we will experience hardship. Yet he said to be at peace because he has overcome the world. Amen. Let this bring revelation to you this morning. God is not to blame for our hardship and our troubles. Amen. Sometimes we get ourselves into trouble. Other times it is others that bring trouble into our lives. And then other times it's the enemy of our soul scheming to turn us away from God. But regardless of where that anger has come from, it is something that you and I cannot afford to hold towards God. If you are angry with God or get angry with God, don't hold that anger, amen. Amen. Deal with your anger God's way, amen. Amen. Express your anger to Him. You know what, He already knows that you're angry, right? And He wants you to express to Him, to share with Him how you are feeling. Release your frustration and pain to the Lord. Ask him to forgive you for holding that unforgiveness or anger towards him. And then ask him for his peace to flood your soul and your mind and your heart you and I can put our trust in his unconditional, pure love for us. And when we come to understand that God's love is pure and unconditional towards us, then the anger that we feel towards him will dissipate, that we will release and say, God, I don't want to be angry with you anymore. Hallelujah. And understand this, that even when we are angry with God, God will never withdraw from you. Hallelujah. Even in your darkest, deepest state, God is still there. God is still waiting for that glimpse of, yes, my child is reaching for me. There is freedom here for you and I today. Being angry with God places such a heavy load on our shoulders. Today, the Lord wants you to release that anger and renew your trust and faith in what He is doing in your life. All things, the Bible says, work together for good to them that love God. Not all things that happen in our life are good, but if we allow them to, God will use it to produce good within us. God's ultimate goal for you and I is that we are saved. So if it means sometimes having to take his hand away and let us come to our own senses and to our own humanity, that where we understand that we need God, that God, it's not you that's causing this in my life, then we can release it unto him. Hallelujah. Secondly, anger towards others. Jesus spoke much about forgiveness and to love our neighbour as we love ourselves. When we are angry towards others, this affects our relationship with them, but it also affects the people around us, the other relationships with those that we're not angry with. Unresolved anger towards others. And hear me this morning. Unresolved anger towards others has the potential to open our lives to the enemy. This is what Ephesians 4.26 says. Be angry, but sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. As I said earlier, anger is an emotion that God has given us as humans. But the Bible is admonishing us in this verse, firstly, not to allow that anger to lead us to sin, but secondly, not allow that anger to go beyond that day. Let's read the next verse in 27, and it's a continuation from what we've just read in verse 26. Neither give place to the devil... Because this verse starts with the word neither. It is an extension of verse 26. So if you do get angry, don't allow it to progress to sin. Don't stay angry for long. Why? Because when we allow anger to remain within us, that's where the potential is for Satan to come in and give him an opening in our lives. The last book we read in book club was called Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. It's a good book. And if we think about it, who would knowingly invite Satan to come into their life and sit at their table? Not many of us. But when we hold onto things like anger, that is what we're doing. We give him permission to affect our walk with God and with others. I want us to notice progression in our, reach, in our initial reading this morning. If we are angry with someone, judgment will follow. Which means, you know, we're angry, yeah, okay, just talk about it and off you go. If we say rakah to someone, we are essentially saying that they are worthless. Going before the council was the punishment. So that's the next next level of judgment. If we say some, we'll call someone a fool, Hell is the punishment. When we harbour anger towards others, the longer the the anger remains within us, the deeper our feelings of anger against that person become. We, we, We tell it over and over in our head of what they did and eventually it will drive us to sin. Notice also in our initial reading that two of the three things that Jesus mentions, are words spoken to others. Your words have power to bring blessing or cursing. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, the Bible says. If you are harbouring anger towards someone, eventually your anger will manifest itself through your words. This is what Proverbs twelve eighteen says. There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword but the tongue of the wise promotes health. Sadly, words spoken in anger are usually hurtful and cutting. Will our words pierce like a sword or will our words bring life to someone? It is our choice. Why? Because they're our words. I control what comes out of my mouth, amen. Many times we hear, you know, people say, you made me do it, or you made me say that. That's not true. No one can make you do anything. But it's us out of our own anger and frustration that we speak words that we hope are going to cut and to pierce. But the Bible says, don't speak words that will cut, but speak words that bring life. Oh, if I have a knife in my hand or if I have something that's gonna bring life to someone. I wanna speak life. I wanna bring health to someone's bones. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your words are so powerful. And I know this is something that if you know any, me at any sort of level, you'll know that I'm, I'm so passionate about this, but our words are so important. Take note of your words for half a day. See whether you're speaking life or you're piercing. Let's look at the end of our initial reading this morning. It said that if you bring your gift to the altar and then remember that someone has ought against you to leave your gift there before the altar, go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. In Bible days the altar that gifts were brought to was found in the temple. Consider the great emphasis that Jesus is putting in this verse on us being right with others. If you went all the way to the temple, wherever that was, and bring a gift to present to God, and then you remember that someone has something against you, Jesus said, get up, leave your gift there. Find, go, Leave the temple, go find the person, forgive or ask them for forgiveness and then go back to the temple and offer your gift. Depending on where you live, that could have taken a whole day. I'm sure there were those questioning in the head, if I'm already there at the temple and I have my gift with me, why can't I offer my gift and then go and find the person and be reconciled? Wouldn't that be more efficient use of my time and effort? Apparently God is not interested in efficiency, but rather right relationship with others. Amen. (laughs) Don't let the sun go down upon your anger. Hallelujah. And now I'm going to challenge your thinking even more. Romans 12.2 tells us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God living our lives in a way that is acceptable to god starts with us presenting our bodies as a sacrifice is it possible for me to live a sacrificial holy and acceptable life unto god if i know that someone has ought against me or i have something against someone else and i ignore it if i allow the anger in me to remain Forgiveness is so important to God that he made the statement that if we are not willing to forgive others, then he will not forgive us. I need God's forgiveness in my life every single day. So that compels me to forgive. That compels me to go to my brother or my sister and ask for forgiveness. We don't allow that anger to fester. We don't allow the sun to go down on our wrath. So today, if you know someone has anger or something against you, you need to go to them. You need to not allow the sun to go down on your wrath. You don't need to allow that that anger to become bitterness in your soul. God is giving you the opportunity to do that today. I remember many years ago, Bishop Slake told us a story about his parents. They, were, they had a good marriage and his uh, parents had an argument. He doesn't even remember what over. But they went to bed that night angry with each other. They went to bed with their backs not facing, facing away from each other. And his father died of a heart attack during the night. And his mother was never able to forgive herself. For the last spoke time she spoke to her husband was an argument. They loved each other. How would you live with that? And God is giving you the opportunity today to make it right, to not allow anger to consume me. Don't allow the anger to let the sun go down on your wrath. but make it right today. And thirdly, we want to look at anger towards ourselves. In the clinical sense, I don't want to make this a counseling session, but depression is many times explained as anger turned inwards. In other words, we become depressed when we are angry with ourselves, not able to come to a place where we forgive ourselves for things we did or didn't do, the what-ifs that have the potential to to bring deep sadness, shame and hopelessness in our day-to-day living. Romans 8, one says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit, amen. We have been made free through Jesus Christ, amen. If you have repented, if you've been baptised in Jesus' name, if he has filled you with your spirit, with his spirit, then you have no right to feel condemnation. It is the enemy of your soul that brings condemnation. Recognise that this morning, hallelujah. We are free in Jesus, hallelujah. When we hold anger towards ourselves, we keep ourselves tied to the past and not able to move forward in any area of our life, whether it's physical, spiritual or emotional. If Jesus has forgiven you, then you have no reason to continue to condemn and punish yourself. Satan wants you to remain angry at yourself. If you allow him to, he will constantly remind you of what you did or didn't do. And when, when we continue to be angry with ourselves, we are believing his lies. He reminds us of what we did and all we need to do is say it's under the blood. The blood of Jesus has covered that. The blood of Jesus has covered that. It is through the belief and the power and the victory that you have in Jesus Christ that will defeat the enemy. You cannot allow the enemy to make you hold on to what is your past. You and I are human and we make mistakes and wrong decisions. Is there anybody in here that's ever made a mistake? I'd better put my hand down. (laughs) We all make mistakes. Yes, we do. But we, and we take responsibility for those decisions. But don't allow your mistakes to define you. Don't allow your past to define you. Let the word of God be what defines you. I am who I am because of the I am said who I am. Allow the Word of God to define you, not your past, not what you did, but allow the Word of God. Let that be what you stand against with the enemy. Say, devil, the Bible says that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible says that I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Amen. There are so many scriptures that we can use. To defeat the enemy when he comes against us. In this hard saying of Jesus, we are challenged to take an inward look at our hearts and examine ourselves. Am I angry with God? Am I angry with someone? You know, when we're angry with someone, it usually is because they didn't give us what we wanted. And so the root of that, really, many times is selfishness, which is our carnal nature. So none of us can get away from that. And anger, I believe, is not something that we necessarily overcome in the sense that God has given us that emotion. And sometimes we we get angry in a good way. Right, we stand. We get angry about the, the wrong things that are going on in society, or, or or things like that. But we need to be able to deal with it, not allow it to fester, not allow it to take hold. Don't allow it your the sun to go down on your wrath. Is if there is anger within us, we need to deal with it God's way. Bring it to him. Express it to him. Today, God is giving you and I the opportunity. In this hard saying of Jesus, yeah, it's not easy always to forgive someone or to release someone that has hurt us. But when we look at what the alternative is, what the end of that unforgiveness is, that can drive us and compel us to bring it before God. You and I need to make it right, whether it's someone that has hurt us or we have hurt someone. Today is a day to replace the anger with God's peace because that is what will come into your life if you allow it. God will replace the anger with God's peace. Amen. Amen. This is what 1 Timothy 2.8 says, In every place of worship, I want men to pray with holy hands, lifted up to God. Listen to this. Free from anger and controversy. God is giving us the opportunity this morning to be free from anger, to be able to lift our hands freely in his presence. So my challenge to you this morning is to look within our heart. And Brother Greg, minister this morning... It is a matter of the heart where is your heart nobody knows you may be angry with someone that nobody even knows about they don't even know god knows when we deal with anger towards one another and if you look at that scripture it says angry with your brother that means it's someone that you that's your bro right (laughs) It's not talking about the, you know, we, you know, sometimes we can forgive people down the road that do something easier than we can those that we have relationship with. But God is saying, don't be angry. If you get angry, don't sin. If you do get angry, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Today is the day to deal with that. Amen. Hallelujah, let's stand So, my challenge to you today is what is lurking within your heart? God sees it. Today is the day to release it. Say, God, I want to deal with it. Whether I'm angry towards you, towards someone else, or with myself, there is freedom here today. Why is there freedom here today? Because Jesus is here today. Why is there freedom here today? Because the blood of Jesus is what frees us. The blood of Jesus is what brings freedom and breaks the chains that have kept you bound. You may have been an angry person when you came to God, but you cannot use that as an excuse when you come to the Lord. God can help you work through it, deliver you from it, that you will become a person of peace. Hallelujah. Let's raise our hands for a moment. Oh, God. Your presence is here, O oh God. And you are meeting with us, Lord. You don't want us to be angry against anyone, not against you, not against others, not against ourselves. And you have come this morning to free us, to lift the heavy burden. David said, Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. And we, Lord, pray that prayer this morning. Search us, O God, and cleanse us. Help us, Lord, to recognise, O Lord, that you are wanting to set us free this morning, to rip out the root of bitterness, O God, and to replace it with your peace. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, opening this altar this morning. You wanna come and pray and bring whatever it is before the Lord, whether it's anger, whether it's hatred, unforgiveness. God is calling you this morning that today is the day that you must deal with it. Don't put it off. Don't allow the sun to go down, but deal with it today and make it right with Him. Hallelujah. Bible says today is the day of salvation. Don't waste this service. Don't waste this day. Let freedom come into your life today.